0: Welcome to Marvel Studios News. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by my co-host, Paul Herman, for episode 97 of our show, in which we will be discussing the Dark Phoenix trailer, as well as the change to the release date for Dark Phoenix and some other Fox Marvel films, including a PG-13 cut of Deadpool 2. But before we get into that, I have some people to thank... Thank you very much, Zachary Kleinsaucer, Ben, Nick Murray, Demi L, and another individual named Ben. They are the latest patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Marvel Studios News, which means they have access to exclusive content from our podcast that is not available anywhere else. We do Patreon credit scenes where we have we discuss an additional topic beyond the main episode that we do. So for this week. We're going to be discussing the latest regarding The Eternals with Chloe Zhao being hired to direct that film. Those Patreon credit scenes are available for just a dollar a month, but we have several tiers that get you different levels of exclusives, including a daily podcast. There are two different weekly Q&A shows. There's also the monthly Marvel Unlimited Book Club, and this month we just released our book club episode for September. It came out this past weekend. We discussed Venom Lethal Protector in anticipation of the film being released by Sony Pictures next weekend. So tons of stuff going on at the Patreon. And if you do subscribe, you will get your own private RSS link that you can put into a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts. So you get all of your content, the main shows, the Patreon exclusives—you get everything in one feed. You don't have to chase down your Marvel Studios news podcast content in multiple places. So, again, all of that is available, and all the information on the different tiers we have—it's all there at Patreon.com/slash Marvel Studios News—and you can keep up with us every day on our website, MarvelStudiosNews.com, Facebook, and Instagram at Marvel Studios News, and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. So now let's go ahead and let's talk Dark Phoenix. I'm glad you're here, Paul, because I needed to let you know that I'm delaying the release of this podcast six months.
1: Well, I I actually wouldn't mind that considering what we have to talk about. So yeah, I think that's a good good call. Yeah, we're
0: we're going to re-record the whole thing. Uh, mm. then, so we'll delay it a bit and then we're probably going to delay it some more.
1: You, you know, I think that's best for everyone, honestly, Sean. So I think we should, for the better, for the betterment of our audience, we'll need to do that in right.
0: my opinion. Exactly. And then I think we'll probably do the PG 13 version of the show. Uh, we'll release that on like the same day as an episode of Holy Batcast or something like that. <laughs>
1: Andy would love that.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't <laughs> care. Uh, anyway, so, uh, oh, Fox. Okay, so we are going to talk about Fox and reshuffling release dates, but let's get let's just do the trailer first. So we had a new trailer from Dark, uh, Dark Phoenix, not X-Men, just not X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's just Dark Phoenix now, Paul. Uh, <sighs> this trailer dropped, what, Wednesday night? Some people probably already know what I think of it. I didn't think much of it in my video reaction that I did for Superhero News. But as always, we wait with bated breath. Paul, tell us how
1: awesome that trailer was. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, spoiler alert, it was not awesome. It was very bland and very boring. And I think the biggest thing and the biggest criticism... That we all, I think, not all, because there's some people who actually, who said they liked the trailer. I don't want to, you know, say that mm-hmm. they're wrong for liking something. I don't. That's not me. I have my own, pers- my, own, my own personal opinions. And I always like to say, insert Ron Burgundy gif. Well, agree, disagree. You know, <laughs> all, that, all that stuff. But with this trailer, one of the things I was surprised about was, excuse me, was the fact that it looked exactly like X3, The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. Like it was literally, it's literally almost the same movie as far as what they've shown us. Right. One of the one of the things that I was excited about was I thought we we're getting Lalandra, and you know maybe some space stuff like the Shire Empire and things like that. Like that, the more space centered uh, Star or Star Wars. Oh my goodness, wrong podcast. Uh, space centered, uh, cosmic, if you will, Marvel universe stuff that we haven't seen with the Starjammers and Sh- Shire Empire, Shire, whatever, uh, and there was a scene where they're in a spacecraft mm-hmm. and I was like, huh? And then there was no And there was, just, it looked exactly like a remake of X three from Gene gray going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I, I watched, I, this is the serious truth here. I only saw the trailer twice once on my phone or when I got up in the morning when I wake up, I grab my phone, check the Internet, make sure there's, uh, you know, there's nothing crazy going on that I need to, you know, need to uh, need to do or see, you know, breaking news. And obviously, that was probably the most breaking news of the morning. Watched it once and went, yeah, that wasn't very good. And then Sean said, hey, we're going to do the podcast. I said, I better watch it again before I talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I watched it on my TV. It wasn't very good. And again, this trailer there's a lot of things going against it. All the, I mean, I, I don't want to say the reshoots, but I'm going to say the reshoots. We all know these big films all have reshoots. Marvel plans around them. Mm-hmm. The problem is these move, this movie has gotten delayed before we'll get to talk about that other delay. But before this delay, but when I'm going in to watch these trailers for the first time, I'm having that, having that in the back of my back of my mind, that has been delayed and they reshot a bunch of the movie recently. And there's been conflicting reports, and, and granted, like, I look at Rogue One. I, th- I thought Rogue One was going to be horrible just because of all the reshoots. They reshot, like, 40% of the movie, like, six months before the release. And it, it's now what, probably one of my favorite Star Wars movies ever, and it's maybe my favorite Disney Star Wars movie. Um, uh, Han Solo, or the Solo a Star Wars story. I love that movie to death. And it's re- most of it was reshot right before it came out. So reshoots do not mean it's bad in my opinion there there's it's not it's not a it's not a detriment all the time but what concerns me what was concerning to me was the fact they kept delaying the movie and it seemed like this movie was doing reshoots and didn't know what it wanted to do in the span of time and it kept changing and i don't know if the sale to disney changed that or not but regardless when i watch this movie and i'm watching it i'm like wait a minute they 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 just reshot a bunch of this movie and it looks exactly like another movie that came that in the same universe that came out what 2005 2006? Like 6 like 10 years yeah 10 years ago and it's just like why or 12 years ago i should say yeah why Why are you? I'm glad you
0: corrected that because people were like yelling the correct math in their car right now.
1: (laughs) Oh, whatever. I'm I'm spelling math, anything intellectual. You know, that's not my bag. So you know, uh, uh, you're on a
0: treadmill right now.
1: It's twelve, Paul. Twelve, idiot. God, I'm (laughs) dropped the podcast right now. Sorry. Um, so, but to me, I just, I just sat there, or I should say, I laid there because that's the first time I, I watched it. I just laid there and just closed my eyes and said, why. Why are they doing this? You had the opportunity to make a different kind of X-Men film. One we haven't seen before. And we have all these reshoots and all these things. And you're thinking, and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, obviously they, they need to work on some stuff. And maybe, you know, Kinberg, I, he has made, I know you may this may come to a shock to you, Sean, but it has made stuff that I've liked. I liked Fu- days of future past a lot. Yeah. yeah I do too. Yeah. So, He's done things that I like, so I'm thinking. You know, I'm giving the guy the benefit of the doubt, and I gotta say, it just it was it was so disappointing to see something that I'm like, we've already seen this, and I'm not talking about the comics. I'm talking about a freaking movie that came out 12 years ago. This is the same crap, Professor Xavier, or hard to hard things in Jean's mind, and she's like, I'm gonna, I'm a caged animal just trying to get out with my fiery telekinesis, and it's just, <laughs> I don't care. This is so dumb. Like, I don't care about this. I That's wanna the see... best
0: part is that, like, Magneto actually says in the trailer, nobody cares. Yes,
1: <laughs> you know, like, is... he's the audience,
0: and he's like. Which is true.
1: Yeah, and then Magneto's like, hold on, Charles. Let me get my, my helmet on, okay? Hold on a second. Uh, <sighs> the best you know, part it,
0: is that Magneto, who has once again been found in his latest remote location, <laughs> is the one calling Charles out for repeating himself. You're always sorry. There's always a speech and nobody cares. And Charles should just be coming back with like, yeah, and you always run away at the end of every film. Or like, you always get away at the end of every film because you do some horrible shit, but we like we don't try to capture you anymore. Like, we gave up on that after the first couple of movies. So, I, the trailer, when I was first watching it, And that YouTube reaction video, Superhero News, that's the first time I watched the trailer. And I was just having a really hard time reacting to anything because I was just, it was so bland. There was just nothing. And it wasn't like what I was seeing was bad. It's not poorly made, it's just the same old stuff. And it doesn't look exciting. It hasn't even, it really hasn't even been dressed up all that well. We just have different actors. That's it. That's the only difference between this and Last Stand based on this trailer. Now, I know Simon Kinberg says there's going to be more space stuff, and I wouldn't be surprised if they've been adding more space stuff in the reshoots. And whatever they've been doing on reshoots, obviously they couldn't put that in the trailer. There's no way they would have been able to put the visual effects on it and, and have it ready to go to be part of this trailer. So why not just wait? especially when you're going to delay the frickin' movie anyway. The movie's not coming out in February anymore. Did did they really not know that in the middle of the week? Did they really not know that they were going (laughs) to delay this movie again? Because now that you're delaying it until June, you didn't have to put out a trailer this week. You could have waited if you realized that whatever you had in the movie from the first round of production wasn't good enough, wasn't different enough, from what you, from what everybody needed when everybody wanted something different from the Last Stand, when you realized it wasn't different enough, and you were going to go back and shoot other stuff, okay, great, no problem. Make sure you get that other stuff, and then and then show us a trailer. If you're delaying the movie till June anyway, release the trailer in December or January. Who cares? Like you don't have to release the trailer now for a movie that's coming out in June. So, it makes me wonder, did they really, like, did they really know they were going to delay the movie, or was it the reaction to the trailer of going, uh, (laughs) we might need to do even more reshoots, guys? (laughs) Like, what is it? Or, they realized, they did the math, and they were like, okay, we're not going to be able to, even though we might be able to finish all of these new shots from the reshoots, we might be able to get all that ready in time for February, but we can't have it ready in time for another for the next trailer that we're going to release for this movie so in order to have time to include the new reshot material in our marketing for the film we're going to have to delay the release of the film I don't know it just looks like a mess and and maybe it was a thing where they weren't sure they thought that maybe they wanted to release the trailer this or they thought that maybe they still wanted to release the movie in February and then depending on the reaction to the trailer they were going to decide whether or not to do that or delay it again but We'll get into the delay a little bit later on the show. Just getting back to this trailer. Yeah, the more I watched it, the more I was just kept shaking my head like I really couldn't believe what they were going for with this because it's X-Men the Last Stand with a little bit of X-Men Apocalypse and a little bit of X-Men First Class. It's all these things, mm-hmm. these Simon Kinberg X-Men movies all rolled into one. And almost everything outside of the the shots of the space shuttle, like everything in here just looks like the same old stuff that we've already been watching for so long with this franchise. It just looks tired. It looks like this franchise is limping to the Mm -hmm. finish line. And I think that's what the reshoots are about is not even necessarily adding space stuff. It should be about that. But Mm -hmm. given Mm -hmm. Fox's track record with these, I'm not going to believe that that's what they're actually doing. I think they're changing this because Simon Kinberg initially said that he thought of Dark Phoenix as the first part of a two-part story. And then now, like the Disney-Fox deal, there's not going to be a two-part story. So if in a lot of the reshoots, a lot of the reports about the – or a lot of reports about the reshoots have been it's third-act stuff, which signals to me that they realized, oh, this has to end So whatever we did in our previous third act of setting up another movie, that's gone. We have to go ahead and set this up as an end to the point where they even play the end during the trailer. like That's the song playing in the trailer. So they're very clearly setting this up as the end of an era, the end of this version of the X-Men franchise that started off in 2000 and you, I mean, Paul. I'm sure you feel the same way. Like this franchise will always be a sentimental <laughs> favorite to me because of how mm-hmm. important that X-Men movie in 2000 was mm-hmm. in my life and what it signaled—the uh, arrival mm-hmm. of something that I had wanted my entire life. So, it just makes me sad is to see it limping this way. You know, to see it just fizzling out to the point where it's gotten completely irrelevant. It's become completely redundant because it just keeps repeating itself over and over and over again. And it's just, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch this, honestly. Like, it's not, it's, Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those like, oh, they're, they're ruining my childhood. No, they're not ruining my childhood. I'm fine. But it is one of those situations where you just feel like this franchise, or at least I know I do, feel like this franchise deserves better then mm. and and if this is going to be the finale, it definitely deserves a better finale than what this looks like right now.
1: There's always a chance it could be way better than what it looks like. I, I don't have any faith in that, but there's always a small chance that maybe it could conclude this era of X Men films, you know, and put it to a close. But from what we're seeing, a, a remaking a whole other movie, it seems like no i have I have no faith in that, and I think the problem too is, is that I do hold this franchise in these this this era of fox films in in somewhat of a high regard because, like you said sean most of these i've liked most of these films it 's only been like the Deadpool films have been fine. They're not, they haven't blown me away. Like it's blown away everybody else, but I, I didn't, I didn't, didn't love Logan as much as everybody else. I didn't love apocalypse. So like the last like four or five movies have not done it for me. The last movie that I just loved that came out of the Fox films was days of future past. Um, and before that it was the Wolverine, even let it's truth be told, I haven't seen the Wolverine since uh, since uh, I saw it in the theater. I own the Blu Ray. I've, own, I've owned the uh, the director's cut. I haven't rewatched it, so I have no idea. Like, I, and maybe we should do that for the show at some point, just to rewatch all these films one last time before the uh, you know Kevin Feige finally takes over and does his thing. But it, it's I. But I do hold these films in high regard. I mean, I even somewhat enjoyed X Three because back in the day, that's all we got. You know, I, that was like. And I just took what I, I took what I could get at that point. Was it a great film? No. I mean, I still think it has a ton of problems. There's things about it I like. Just like the, there will probably be things I like in this, but at the same time, I didn't like a lot of it that coming out of Apocalypse. I own the po- Apocalypse on Blu-ray, and I don't. I don't know if I'll ever watch that. I mean, and I'm kind of a completist in some respects. Like I'm gonna get. I'm I'm, I'm debating myself. Do I want to pick up all these movies in 4K? And I probably will. But I'll be honest, I don't know if I'll ever watch him. That's the thing. I'm like, I don't know. But it's like you said, Sean. I do hold the series and these films up so high because they did. They transformed superhero films. They were one of the last films to really get it and really push that. You know, It was basically after uh, Batman 89 – um, and Blade, I think Blade was very important for you know showing that people had interest in this in a little bit that you could take a comic book character and make it serious. But X Men was the first superhero movie that said, "Hey, this is a, a property that you know people didn't know if it would work on screen. It worked on screen. And then the sequel, which was is still one of my favorite superhero movies of all time, mm-hmm. is incredible. It, X Two it still holds up. We, I, uh, yes, it does.
0: That's the, other, the That's yeah. the X Men movie that I actually consistently rewatch.
1: Yes, X Two. Yeah, and Rob Liefeld, you know, he's he kind of he went on a little like thread talking about all the X Men films and whatnot, and and I, and he was talking about X Two, and I said, you know, X Two has one of the best superhero sequences in a film ever, which is the Nightcrawler sequence. That mm-hmm. is still holds up. It's an old timer, man. Oh, it's that great. Is a fan, yeah, it's great. And what's lacking is the creativity in these films they are just so, I mean, and that's one thing I'll give Kinberg a lot of criticism on is that they're very like, just, there's nothing that distincts them from each other, each other. Like you said, Sean, like first class was, you know, i mean, it had, I like first class. I want, I want, I want to make that very clear. I like first class. I have some problems with, with it too. The problem is they use like, they try to use the beginning of X-Men into this film and it just doesn't work for me. You know, it's just like, it just doesn't, You can't incorporate that great opening sequence in X-Men with Magneto and concentration camp and try to recapture that. And just like it just feels wrong and flat and it just doesn't work. But they try to reshoot it. and I'm like, eh, not really working for me, buddy. Sorry. But there's just so much in this that I just don't. It just, it just gets me disappointed to think about that we're, we, you know, like you said, we might be getting space stuff. I'll be honest, if it wasn't for that one scene in the in the trailer where they have this, they're have they going to space and I know Lalandra's been cast, um, at the same time, I, I almost forgot there wasn't no, any space stuff in this. And to be honest, I don't think we're going to get it. And that's what they should have led with. Because if they would have led with the space stuff, you wouldn't get the criticism of why are we doing the same movie over again? And again, I know it's not going to be we, it's like it's gonna be different than the last stand it's not the last Stand. we know that we know magneto is probably going to help charles take on dark phoenix and go up to space with them and fight them and whatever but it's just for me there's just nothing in this that makes me feel like there's going to be something good out of it even the costumes look like, you know everyone knows i'm a giant costume geek there's my biggest problem is the end of age or age of apocalypse uh end of apocalypse there's, they have those sweet, cool, somewhat '90s accurate costumes on, because yep. it takes place in the '80s. And where then are they, get, they? Yeah, and now we get the stupid Grant Morrison crap from the from like the 2000s, where Marvel said, "Well, we gotta we gotta do these black costumes because the movies do them. So what do we do? Let's put them in black costumes and we'll put big yellow X's on them to make them make sure we know that they're X Men." And I, and I know our our good friend Chris Clow loves that run. And I have zero interest of reading that run because I think the costumes are lazy, straight up. And maybe they're great stories. And maybe I, I, I'm, I'm not giving it enough credit because I know the Chuck Austin stuff gets criticized heavily. And that's, you know, it's. I read some of it. And it is pretty bad. But the Grant Morrison stuff, this doesn't look like superheroes to me. It looks like they're trying to be the movies. And the movie costumes were just a means to an end for me because they, they were scared to be comic accurate at the time. And these feel like, again, they're trying to, they're afraid to be comic book accurate when they were comic book accurate in the first freaking movie. And it's just like, what are you doing? And the third movie, one of my favorite parts is the end with the cool looking costumes. At least they went, I'm like, Oh, they actually went with these nineties looking, nineties looking, nineties looking costumes. This is great, but we don't get that. We get these stupid, lazy, yellow X costumes that are stupid. And I'm just like, no, I don't need this. And so, you know, I, a friend of mine online said the same thing. Like, uh, what are the costumes they had at the very end of the movie, uh, the Apocalypse? And I'm like, thank you. Right. Where are they? They don't remember. They don't know. Yeah, exactly. Fox they never care. remembers,
0: they, they yeah. just don't. And that, I mean, that's why continuity has always been a joke in this series. And, and yeah, <laughs> they finally gave us a good look for the team. And everybody's like, that, that was like the one thing. The one almost saving grace, because there was no saving grace big enough to really save yeah. apocalypse because it's awful. But yes. the only thing that came close to being a saving grace for uh, a saving grace for that movie it was those costumes at the end. And everybody goes, Okay, well maybe in the next one we're finally gonna get we're gonna get some proper X-Men costumes, it's gonna be bold, it's gonna be colorful, we're gonna get this in the franchise, and no. <laughs> and pass. And that's why I think Simon Kinberg was the wrong guy for this is that he already wrote The Last Stand. He already had his version of it. Yes. When I don't understand giving the same person the same story to tell over. like the, it, Just say, oh, well, execute it better this time. Well, no, like tell it differently. Like Simon Kinberg is a guy, I mean, he was attached. He was part of Star Wars Rebels. I mean, I know it's a more of a Dave Filoni thing, and I'm going to give Dave Filoni the credit, not Kinberg, based on what I'm seeing here, but... He shouldn't be so afraid of cosmic stuff and space stuff and should have realized very early on, hey, what can I do that's part of the comic and also very different from X-Men the Last Stand if I am gonna do the Phoenix saga again? Okay, let me go ahead and let's get the let's get this cosmic stuff going. But he's not comfortable with it. Simon Kinberg just loves to ground these things, but his version of grounding them is like just literally smashing them into the ground and just grinding them into the dirt because everything he does tries to strip away anything that might be fantastical about it, like it's, which is not to say there's no mutant powers or whatever. I'm not going too far with my example here, but like he, there, he leaves a lot on the table or he, he just excludes a lot of the concepts for these characters. When he produced Fan4Stick a few years ago, I want to tell the really grounded and gritty version of Fantastic Four. Why? Nobody wants that. And the grounded, gritty version of X-Men of the Dark Phoenix saga, it's like, you did that in X-Men The Last Stand. Why do you? Why are you going to make us sit through this again? Do something different with it, and it's not different enough. Yes, there are some elements to it. If he adds in a little bit of space, that's already different than the last stand, but it should be a lot more of that kind of material. And to your point, yeah, even with the reshoots, like I hope the the goal was to include more space stuff, but I'm not really sure because some set photos, it's just another chess match between Magneto and Professor X because that's something we haven't seen before. Like It's just... Uh, It boggles my mind. I don't know how you're reading this script or Simon Kinberg is writing the script and just shaking his head going like, yeah, I got it this time. Or that there's not somebody at Fox to like read the script and be like, hey, you know you wrote this movie once before? Or as they're cutting the movie right now or cutting together this trailer. Hey, guys, doesn't this kind of look like the same movie when the one thing we're trying to prove to everybody through our marketing is that it's not the same movie? I just don't know. I'm completely at a loss as to how yeah. this happened. It's a complete mess. And it just tells me that Marvel Studios can't get this stuff soon enough. It, I <laughs> Seriously. And I know that's the kind of thing that people will roll their eyes at, get mad at me, and what like, oh, you only love Marvel Studios stuff. No, but they just consistently make the best stuff. What do you want me to tell you? It's been mm-hmm. 10 years, wow. 20 movies. We see how consistently Marvel Studios can handle these characters. Meanwhile, Fox and this X-Men series, it will be a sentimental favorite for me uh, for me, but at the same time, I can set the sentiment aside and also realize that this has been a very hit and miss franchise and somehow it's still been able to last it'll be 19 years almost by the time oh. X-Men Dark Phoenix comes out and that is pretty incredible that it was able to survive for that long but i think that's all it's kind of been doing is surviving when it should be soaring and that's not what X-Men has been doing it's been you know there have been a few occasions where that's happened but by and large this is a series that is trading off the success of its past and not its present or its future. Although now the future will belong to Marvel studios. And as I said a few moments ago, it can't happen soon enough.
1: Yeah. We're, I know people probably think we're being really harsh and being homers about all this. And I, I, you know, here's the deal. I love a lot of these X-Men films. Again, if you go back and listen, I love Days of Future Past. Now, I came out what, like four or five years ago. I mean, I love that movie and I love the Wolverine. I definitely, I definitely like Logan more than I did before when I, I saw it once in the theater. I saw the black and white version, and I, I really liked that version. Like, I that got me on board for whatever reason, helped me get the aesthetic of Logan. I think it's definitely overrated a little bit, in my opinion. I don't. People talk about. It, uh it getting best picture or Hugh Jackman getting like a you know best acting and i think if there was a better villain involved that probably would like it more but well, it's, I, I would hate, have been fine
0: with Hugh Jackman for his performance which i thought was great but yeah, he was no good, i mean yeah. i wouldn't have gone as far as to say logan should have been nominated for best picture it got best adapted screenplay even though professor x got an innocent family killed cuz he really wanted meatloaf like you know <clears throat> I forget, yeah. you know, I still, I look, I loved Logan despite some of its clunky yeah. parts. And I loved X Men Days of Future Past. I love X Men. I love X 2. And even though X Men First Class didn't live up to my expectations in 2011, I still like that movie. And I liked The Wolverine in 2013. So I've liked a lot of the movies in this franchise. I'm not coming from a place of. I've always hated it, and it, I was always going to hate it because it wasn't Marvel Studios, and I've just been waiting for Marvel Studios to have this stuff. It's not about that. It really isn't. Right. It is. Yeah. Uh, but right now, it's it's just the simple reality, which is yeah. that the franchise hasn't been consistent. And when I talk specifically about the main X-Men franchise, X-Men Apocalypse was awful, and I didn't, so it gave me no faith in Simon Kinberg to come in and make his directorial debut with this film, remaking a story that he already wrote for X-Men The Last Stand, and so I didn't have a lot of confidence in this to begin with, but I was, I went into this trailer the other night being like, okay, I'm going in with an open mind, I'm going to give this trailer every opportunity to Impress me to at least just not be bad, at least not be, look like this. What my biggest fear, which is, it's just the same movie all over again, and unfortunately, it didn't accomplish
1: that. Yeah, exactly. And so far, it, it hasn't. And I think what's sad is we're gonna see it's gonna end, it's gonna end on kind of a dud. It's it's it maybe when they when they made this movie movie, they didn't know or they didn't foresee this happening. But it just sucks because at least with with something like the Wolverine and Logan and Days of Future Past, I felt like they were trying to push and really give us something different. Where and again, like I go back to like a little more creativity than and maybe a little more grit than we're, we're, what we're used to, maybe necessarily in a Marvel Studios film, mm-hmm. which is you know def, definitely get generated a more. Massive audience and with Deadpool and Logan and whatnot you're thinking like man they're they're going down a different path or maybe they're finding their different niche and I think that's interesting I was kind of like okay if we're not going to get MCU X-Men films maybe we'll get some something that's a little more unique and even though I don't love Deadpool and didn't love Logan as much as everybody else I appreciated them as what they are. And then definitely appreciate the fact we've got something that's different. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's refreshing at least, even though I wish they would have done a little, done things a little bit differently. Mm. I still love, I still love the fact they did something different with this. It's like totally, you know, going back to this formula, like, well, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it just feels, it just feels very, just they threw it together and this is Simon Kimberg. Like you said, Sean, this is my chance to get it right. And mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing. Things it's just it's weird and I think it's a shame that it's gonna have to go out on this note. Like I feel like Simon Kinberg is finishing up this movie knowing, crap, this is what's going on and I can't really do anything about it. And this is like, and we'll talk about it here in a few minutes. But you know what does this mean and what what's he? But, I can think about him. Is oh, it lame? he's, he's oh, done. He, yeah, almost like a lame duck coach. You know, like he's mm-hmm. coaching his last. Couple games as a coach, and yeah. you know he's going to get fired. Last so it's year of like, the contract. Yeah, exactly. He knows it's over, so it's like he's making this movie, and he, he wants to make it good. Wants to make it the best movie movie possible. But what is he like? There's for what though? Like, I think he knows he's screwed.
0: But he didn't go into it knowing that. I mean, he yeah, didn't exactly go into that new, now. Like, yeah. writing this film and, and making this film. He didn't go into it knowing that the Disney Fox deal was going to happen, which is why he was planning on this being the first of a two-parter. Thank God we're not going to have to watch a second part to this, but that should be all the more reason. Like if that should motivate you in the same way that like, a you know, compare him to a lame duck coach in the last year of his contract, that should motivate you to be like, look, I'm going to show this team that they should have given me an extension or they're going to be desperate to give me an extension because we're going to turn this around right now. Same thing with Simon Kinberg. It's like, He has the reshoots. He has everything else. And maybe the reshoots will be gold. I doubt it, but maybe it will be, but that should motivate Simon Kinberg to be like, I'm going to give Disney no choice, but to go ahead and make another one after this without, before they move the X-Men into Marvel studios, I'm going to try and make the best film possible. So that way Disney either has to agree to make another film in this series with me, or they run the risk of looking bad and, Alienating a bunch of fans because the fans are going to love this movie and then Disney is going to have to cancel the series anyway like I would put that in Disney's hands uh, and force Disney to make a difficult choice that's what I would do if I were Simon Kinberg and, and look and I don't know maybe he doesn't think this stuff is bad maybe he, in his mind he thinks this stuff is good but he needs somebody to tell him somebody's got to give notes on this and clearly Fox isn't doing it and that's why I think we've how we've ended up in this uh in this situation. Uh, But let's get into the delay and and everything else. So just to recap, I'm sure you've all heard by now, but just in case you haven't, X-Men, or now it's just Dark Phoenix, was supposed to come out November 2nd of this year. It had previously been delayed until February 14th of next year. Now it's been pushed back another four months to June 7th of next year. Gambit, alleged movie Gambit, is, still, is now dated for March 13th, 2020, but there's no director or anything like that attached yet. So I'm not even counting that as happening right now. And then we have a PG 13 Deadpool movie or PG 13 cut of Deadpool two coming out December 21st of this year, the same date as Warner brothers and DC films Aquaman. So we'll get to the Deadpool stuff in a second. Let's talk about this release date shift. I mentioned before, some of this might have to do with the marketing. Some of it might have to do with, look, we, we need the, the reshoot material. It ha- we have to be able to incorporate that and do the rest of our marketing for this film because what we have in the can clearly wasn't good enough with the trailer that was premiered this week. So maybe that's Fox's thinking on this. I'm really not sure. Or maybe the simple fact is they went in, they reshot a bunch of stuff, and they just know that the shots aren't going to be finished in time to release the movie in February. I don't know. But here's another consequence of this delay. We have the Disney Fox deal pending right now. It's been approved by shareholders. It still has to check off some boxes in terms of getting some international approvals, and that's what they're, everybody's going to be working on over the next few months or potentially next several months. Disney and Fox, before the shareholder vote, the communication that they sent to investors was that they expected, they expected the deal to close within six to 12 months of June 20th, 2018. So from December 20th, 2018 to June 20th, 2019. That's when Disney and Fox believe the deal is going to close. So June seventh means that almost that entire window for the Disney Fox deal to close happens before Dark Phoenix comes out. And I know I've I mentioned this possibility back in March, and I know a lot of people think that it's just crazy and it would never happen, but there is a good chance now that Disney is going to be in control of, by the time before this movie comes out. And there's a good and I think. Even though I'm not going to guarantee that this is what they would absolutely do, I think there is clearly some motivation and some very reasonable motivations for why Disney, if they end up having control in time, would say, you know what, we're just not going to release this movie in theaters. Or if we do, we're also going to release it digitally on the same day, or we'll just pull it from theaters entirely and drop it on Hulu, or we'll delay it again and drop it on the Disney streaming service, which will be launching a few months after June, 2019. If you're, if I'm Disney, Fox spent the money to make this movie. It's a sunken cost for Disney. So by the time they take over Fox and I understand why they, the argument to say, well, just go ahead and get a few hundred million dollars back. Why not go ahead and release the movie? I totally understand that, and that may be what Disney opts to do. But you also have to think about the value of the brand right now. And the X-Men brand, not in the best shape, and the last thing they need is another black eye, another stain on this franchise. So, because Marvel Studios is going to reboot it anyway. But, look, right now, it's been two years since the last bad X-Men movie, in X-Men Apocalypse in 2016. It'll be three years since the last incident next year why reset the clock back to zero if you know that this movie is just a flaming turd and there's the, and the if you have the ability to stop it why wouldn't you
1: yeah you know when you mentioned that to me you know months ago about this movie potentially going on the streaming service i i tend to believe it now i, I especially you know i d- i doubted it for a second because the trailer came out and i thought okay it's 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 headed there after today, I just, I just think it's it's gonna head it's gonna head straight to the streaming service. With this negative press, this movie has gotten with every with with the lackluster um, enthusiasm that you have with this movie. It, it, there, this movie is not generating a positive buzz whatsoever. And some studios, the one thing you can say. Is that studios sometimes will just you know grit and bear it and they push it out and you know and, and just deal with it and and they try to recoup what they lost. The difference, the biggest difference you have with this, is that X Men is an established brand, and you have made basic, I don't count the Deadpool films; they're very their own thing. So I don't and, and so I don't count them. You have made two, and I'm assuming Dark Phoenix is a turd. And you've made two giant turds. You know you've made a giant turd or you know you're handling a giant turd. What would you do? Would you put that turd out for everyone to see? Look at this giant turd we have. No, you flush it. it. Exactly. (laughs) You flush it down the toilet which you stick it on your streaming service and say, hey, you know what? We have this exclusive X-Men movie and you don't and here's the biggest here's the biggest reason why you put on the streaming service. And again, you've used to this before Sean. So I don't I don't want to act like I'm like, saying anything, you know, super genius like, but this way you don't waste your money and th- shove this movie in front of all these other films trailers mm. all over TVs and say, "Look at Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, it's X-Men, it's right. X-Men, it's X-Men." No, you put on the streaming service, you advertise very mildly. We have exclusive, uh, exclusive Marvel film, you know, not Marvel Studios, but Marvel film on the streaming service. You stick it on there; it makes people watch it. You 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 cut your losses with it, but you save and don't damage the brand to the mainstream. The mainstream audience who know these characters to an extent, and you don't have to shove this franchise into the gutter. Because you you have to try to recoup what you've wasted into this movie. No, it's – with the fact – to me, I think they're – this is what I think they're doing. And again, this is like you said, Sean. With this delay from February to June – or is it May or June? I'm sorry.
0: Uh, it's June. June okay. 7th.
1: Yeah. So to me, they'll know when they get full control of Fox. And I think they're just like put it out there. Because we'll I'm imagining they're probably going to get it before June. Well, before June. Probably March, May. Yeah, I think
0: I think Disney's gonna. I think the Disney Fox deal will be wrapped up in time for Disney to have a choice on Dark Mm -hmm. Phoenix.
1: Yeah, and I think what's gonna happen is they're they're just say they probably told their people, let's just push it out. We don't want to damage the brand. Disney's kind of gave us, you know, we're not working for them yet, but we basically been told don't put this movie out. What's they probably watched it recently with the reshoots, Yep. They, they probably said, "You know what? this is not worth putting out even even if the film was filmed in a way where they wanted to try to end this 19 year film franchise, Disney probably saw this and said, "Nope, put out the release, you know, you know or whatever and or maybe they, they wanted to see what the trailer said. Let's put the trailer out. if it does, if it has a genera- generates a decent buzz, maybe we'll we'll stick the date, maybe something like that." Because it, it, to me, well, it's I believe not- there's
0: been some communication here. Like I, I know Go that ahead. I know that Disney and Fox, I, I understand that Fox still has to operate as if the deal can fall through because it still technically can, even though it won't. So and so it's like, oh, but well, they can't just do. They're not just going to follow Disney's orders. But here's the truth: Bob Iger's already said that they're talking about stuff with with Fox people, and he even he even had that interview with Hollywood Reporter last week where he mentioned, oh. Uh, not everything's really been communicated to the Fox people yet, but I think they know. Like, we're giving all this stuff to Feige and Marvel Studios when the deal closes. So, like, everybody kind of already knows what's going to happen here. And at the and and that's not just with the Marvel stuff. That's across the board with this Disney and Fox thing. And so you have people who, technically, no, Bob Iger's not their boss today. They're whoever, and any other executives at Disney, not technically their boss right now. But when you know that you want to be able to keep your job under the newly structured company that maybe you're going to do things that you know they would like and maybe they have been able to share with you some of the things that they would like. Let's just be real. Like, Fox is in this weird position where they have to act as if the deal can fall through, but at the same time, they have to understand the deal probably isn't going to fall through and they want to make sure that they look good and that they're still going to have a job when this Disney-Fox deal is over. Now, one thing that could prevent Disney, even though the, even though the deal may close ahead of time, one thing that could prevent Disney from being able to pull the movie from theaters and put it on a streaming service, whether that's their own or whether it's Hulu, which they'll own the majority of with the Disney-Fox deal, is if Fox has already pre-sold the cable rights to the movie. Disney's going to have this problem with a lot of their films when they launch the streaming service, and Bob Iger's already talked about it. Like There are Star Wars movies, there's stuff that they have already have that certain cable companies already have the rights to for a few years. And that prevents Disney from even having these those movies that have already out, already been available on Blu-ray and everything else. There are certain movies that won't be available to Disney at when they launch the streaming service. And so if Fox has already sold pre-sold the cable rights to, to Dark Phoenix, or if they pre-sell them before the Disney-Fox deal closes, then Disney may not have that option. And that means that Disney would just probably go ahead and let the movie come out in theaters. But at least now, Dark Phoenix, where it's sitting there in June, can probably fail a little more quietly than it would have in February. Because in February, it stands out. At Feb- There's not a lot of big releases in February. But in June, you will have already had Captain Marvel in March. You will have already had Aven- or Shazam in April from DC, Hellboy in April, which that's a whole other problem. And then you, you're going to have Avengers 4, which is right now scheduled for May 3rd of next year, but will probably get moved up a week just like Infinity War did into the last weekend in April. So everybody will be focused on those, those two big Marvel movies, especially Captain Marvel and Avengers 4. X-Men or Dark Phoenix can just be an afterthought at that point. So if it fails... It doesn't really matter, and the movie—it's already—it's sta- coming out the same day as I think *Secret Life of Pets* two now, which I know you could roll your eyes at that, but that first movie opened like over a hundred million dollars, like it made a lot of money, and then the *Men in Black* sequel with uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson comes out the week after *Dark Phoenix*, so *Dark Phoenix* can just be a footnote and be forgotten quickly. So it's not going to be horribly damaging if the movie does indeed come out, and even if it is a stinker. A lot of people will quickly forget about it, and then Marvel Studios will be able to reboot the X-Men with the MCU, within the MCU, and everything will be fine. But if Disney finds themselves in a position, and they may not, but if they do find themselves in a position to not release this movie in theaters, then because they can put it on Hulu, and I do think Hulu is a better spot for it than the Disney streaming service, why launch your streaming service with a movie that sucks? Uh, that doesn't make sense. Put it on Hulu. Plus you're going to do Marvel Studios content on the Disney streaming service with those limited series. Don't confuse that by putting the X-Men series on or a new X-Men film on there at the same time and maybe having people think, oh, is that because it's in the MCU? Don't do that. I think Hulu is the dumping ground for Dark Phoenix if Disney can put it on. uh, If Disney doesn't end up releasing it in theaters. But still, probably the most likely scenario is the movie comes out in theaters. But I'm just saying there's a chance, and it's probably better odds than one in a million.
1: No, I I think so, too. I think there's – I think it's very, very likely to happen, especially with the fact that this movie is not getting – again, there's no good buzz around it. And what's the point – of putting something out with against all these different films that are coming out like the Secret yeah. Life of Pets was a huge movie, man. Yeah. Like I, I mean,
0: and you can they can save themselves. Everybody says, well, money's already been spent. Well, not the hundred million dollars that you'll spend marketing the movie, exactly. in theaters, s- there's money yeah. to be saved here.
1: Yeah, there's money exactly. And not only that, but you're you're you would then increase the um the disney brand of the uh online um mm-hmm. uh digital service so because they need they're putting out like tons of money right now to do this already so if you save it for the streaming service to come out because let's be real x-men with with our with our future uh, patreon episode that we haven't done yet but when we're going to talk about th- this x-men movie may not come out for a while. So there really is money. There's money to be saved, which is good things. And you also can do yourself do yourself a favor by putting putting this on something that people will actually want to go see. Let's mm. be real, regardless of what how bad it is. We're all gonna watch it because we're all intrigued to see how bad it is, at least for us. And all I mean, the, it's the,
0: technically my job to watch it, so yeah, I don't have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is and my I, job I, to yeah. watch it. So
1: yeah, and it, it's 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 technically I guess somewhat semi my job as well, even though I love this stuff anyway. So the thing is, it be, to me it behooves Disney to save something that's exclusive for the, for the streaming service that they can put out day one, not necessarily day. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't help them.
0: That doesn't help if the movie sucks, because then it sends the message that oh, our exclusive content on the streaming service is not good. Well, so, so like just, that's why that's why Hulu makes more sense. It makes way more sense to put this movie on Hulu than it does the Disney streaming service.
1: Hmm. Well, we'll see. I I, I think either way, it's I, I think either way, it it gets moved somewhere else, and I think that they save money on the marketing for putting on Hulu or whatever the streaming service is and they save it and they, and they cut their losses and they, and they tell themselves "Let's wait, let's give it a few years to kind of let the dust settle, let, let the bad feelings and all these, the, the, the two X threes made live, you know, dormant for a while. Mm-hmm. And let's, what's, and let's like a Phoenix that rising from the ashes, let the <laughs> X-Men rise again.
0: Yeah, that'll happen with Marvel Studios, thankfully. Okay, before we get out of here, let's talk about Deadpool 2. Let's talk about the PG-13 cut that nobody asked for that's coming out (laughs) in December. And I don't say that to crap on the idea of a PG-13 Deadpool movie. You can go back in the history of this podcast. We said it before they even announced Mm -hmm. that the first Deadpool movie was going to be rated R. We said if you read your comic books, you'll see a lot more PG-13 than you will... uh, R-rated R material in Deadpool comics. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have a problem with PG-13 Deadpool. What I don't think is great about this is taking an R-rated movie and making it PG-13. A movie that's created to be PG-13, that's a different thing than something that was R, and now you have to neuter it to make it a PG-13 film. What is interesting about this, though, because I don't care about seeing the, a PG 13 version of Deadpool two at all. What's interesting about this is it feels like almost like a test run. This is where I go back to, even though Fox, the Fox people don't work for Disney right now, it almost feels like a test run. How will audiences respond to PG 13 Deadpool? Cause even though Deadpool could have originally worked as a PG 13 property, we made it an R-rated property, and that's part of what it's become known for. What it, and a, a big, It's been a big part of its success and its identity. So what happens if we go PG-13? And it's not so much to me about Deadpool 3 being a PG-13 movie or X-Force, if that gets made, being a PG-13 movie. Those could still be R because Bob Iger's even said Deadpool movies can still be rated R over at Disney. But eventually, Deadpool is going to show up in PG-13 movies. If it's not his own franchise, then it's in the X-Men films that Marvel Studios is going to do, or Avengers movies, or whatever other crossovers people might dream up at some point throughout the MCU. Deadpool is going to be occupying PG-13 space at some point. So it almost feels like a test run with that. And it also is a little quick petty jab at Aquaman. Now, it's not like it's going to Deadpool 2, a movie that's already been out on video, just because now it's a PG-13 cut. That's not going to make a, a, take a huge chunk out of Aquaman's box office, but Fox could have released this movie, uh, this PG-13 cut, on any day. Any mm-hmm. day. Why is it on the same day as the big DC movie? Like To me, it's, it's just a petty shot at DC films. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't see any other way to interpret it. It's not an accident. They could have released it a week later, and it would have been just fine, or two weeks later. Just put it out in January when there's absolutely zero competition at the box office.
1: Yeah, this this is something that I just was a little surprised. I, I thought I was I was busy at work today, and I, and I checked my feed, you know, make sure making sure there's nothing crazy going on that I need to know about. As usual, my boss always yells at me about it, um, but. What's interesting is I kept seeing about a PG-13 cut in Aquaman. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I looked, and I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Yeah. I, I was just like, wait, they're releasing a PG-13 cut of a movie that's already out on video. I mean, it, it makes sense. Right, hold on. It doesn't make sense. But yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I do think it, it makes sense in a standpoint that they wanted to put it out during Christmas break when all the kids would be off of school. Sure. And they wanted to see how many kids, you know, how many people are actually missing out on this film. Like how many, meaning how many kids are missing out because their parents refuse to let them watch it. You know, like it's not, it's radar, you're not touching it. How many of those kids, now they have the opportunity. Mom, it's out, it's the PG-13 version, it's out, Mm -hmm. can you take me to see it? I'm out of school, can you take me and my friends to go see it? Well, sure. So, to me, that's actually kind of genius, what, but to me, why didn't you just do that in the first place um, yeah. at the same time? Because it came out right around school ending. So whatever. I, I understand that it's a kind of a test run to see the test how much viability a PG-13 Deadpool can generate. Because mm-hmm. there are – of course there are parents that let their kids watch whatever they want. And that's fine. My parents are the same way, with, same way with me for the most part. And they would probably let me watch Deadpool. There's some, there's a lot of kids I know that wouldn't be – let to watch that movie at like, you know, middle school. Now, how, how big is the elementary school, middle school market going to be for Deadpool? And they're, and that's what they're testing. What's fascinating. Like you said, Sean, is the fact that this is basically like, and also like, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it on a day on, on Aquaman day and just say a big F you to them. And it's crazy. I'm, I'm like shocked that Fox had the, 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 the cojones to do that. And, you know, it it is a petty jab, but I think there's we all at least a lot of us in the know all assume it's going to be moved like with Bumblebee and everything else. I just feel like this in Mary Poppins right around it, like it, it really behooves D.C. to move out of that spot either weeks before or maybe a month later, like because I think Aquaman's going to be great. I know it's a Marvel show, but I think Aquaman looks awesome and I'm really excited. I like the DCEU a lot. And there's, you know, there's not been perfect by any means, but I'm excited. I, I want DC, the DCEU films to do well. Mm-hmm. And I, and I really feel like this is kind of like almost, I almost feel like it's a jab for, it's a jab for sure, Sean, but I almost feel it's like, we know you're going to move. So we're going to put it here just to, you know, to add more. Is Warner enter. Brothers going to move though?
0: I mean, I if they don't, they're stupid. I, I haven't gotten that impression from Warner oh, Brothers that no. they're going to move. That's contrary to everything I've heard. And, uh, you know, not that I've been told officially that they absolutely will not move, but I didn't get the sense that they were going to move the film. And, and look, I'm excited about Aquaman. I've seen more of it, not to brag, like I've seen more of it than a lot of people have. Like I saw 25 minutes of it. I was in the edit bay with James Wan last month, coverage available at superhero com. So, like, I'm excited about the movie. And I think there's a lot about it that's going to look cool and, and could make a good impression on moviegoers. But it's. It's going to be tough now. I mean, it was already going to be tough because Bumblebee actually looks really good. Uh looks surprisingly good because I have no love for the Transformers movies, and yet I'm all about those Bumblebee trailers that have been out so far. And then you have... Yeah, Mary Poppins Return, Returns comes out two days before all of this. Uh, and Deadpool 2, now it's another choice. It's just a, cho- it's a comic book movie that people can choose instead of Aquaman. And for Fox... There's no risk. They're not going to spend that much money recutting this film, relatively speaking. It's not the same as making a whole new movie. To have this movie, and they moved Alita Battle Angel, the Robert Rodriguez film, like they moved that to Dark Phoenix's date of February 14th. That film, Alita, was going to come out uh, around the same time, I think, also on December 21st. Better move for Fox to take that that film, get it out of the way, and then go ahead and put in a, a... a reissue of Deadpool two with a PG 13 rating. So that way there's no risk. If everybody just chooses Aquaman or Bumblebee or Mary Poppins over Deadpool two, then it doesn't matter. Fox didn't spend that much money. It's really not that much of a a loser for them, but if they end up succeeding and they make a few million extra bucks out of this, because they drop dead, they do have a PG 13 Deadpool. And maybe there are, some kids out there who were nagging their parents to take them to see Deadpool and their parents refuse because it's R-rated. Maybe those kids will come back at them and say, it's PG-13. Let me go watch Deadpool. And they go watch Deadpool when the whole family's together. Not that Deadpool feels like family fun to me, but like maybe the family goes and watches Deadpool instead of Aquaman. It is possible. So, And I'm not saying that like Disney instructed Fox, hey, put Deadpool 2. If you're going to do that, make sure you put it out the same day as Aquaman. Like, I don't think Disney wants Aquaman to fail or DC to fail. I mean, Kevin Feige said it on numerous occasions, and he's right. They root for all these movies because a successful superhero movie is just... It's a, it's a credit to the genre, whether it, regardless of the studio it comes from, because you still have a lot of mainstream moviegoers who think they all come from the same place and don't even understand that there are different studios at play here. So I don't really know that it's there to really, truly hurt Aquaman? Cause it can't, it can't really hurt Aquaman. If Aquaman's a good movie, then it's going to succeed regardless of this PG 13 Deadpool two being there. It's not going to matter, but it does feel when I call, that's why I just call it a jab. It just does feel like a, Hey, we're, we're not rooting against you, but we're also not afraid of you. And we think we can just go ahead and drop our movie at the same time.
1: Yeah. I, I think that you're absolutely right. it's, like I said, I really hope DC's smart enough to take out, because I think Bumblebee is getting really great buzz. I, I'm excited. I want to see Bumblebee. I want to see both these films, and I'm really hoping that that they was can... Was pun intended on that, or no? No, Bumblebee's no, no. getting... Okay. No, it really wasn't. I was totally <laughs> no, unintentional. I'm not no, that No, no, it's...
0: Look, I, I think Bumblebee, as I said, I'm surprised at how much I've been into those trailers. Uh, it's It looks like a lot of fun, and... Yeah, it's, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think the movie can be ready in time for Warner Brothers to move Aquaman up, although it is going to be released in China before the U.S. release date. So maybe move it up a week or two. Do something. Uh, release it on the same day in the U.S. as you're releasing it in China. I'm not sure. Do something with this film because I, I agree that it's and it has nothing to do with whether or not Aquaman is any good, just the simple fact that this is really crowded, and there are places to move, uh, you can move up to places that are just less crowded just go ahead and take the shot
1: yeah, exactly
0: move it it up a week, and then you're on the same day as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but that's not, that's an animated superhero film, and with no disrespect to that film, because you and I have said very nice things about the trailers that we've seen so far, and I'm excited to watch Into the Spider-Verse but at the same time Marvel and DC-based films haven't done that well at the box office, so there's no reason to really be afraid of that. I would rather go... If if I'm Warner Brothers, I would rather put Aquaman out on December 14th and just live with the competition of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That sounds a lot better to me than coming out the same day as Bumblebee, the same day as a PG-13 Deadpool 2, and just two days after Mary Poppins returns.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just... it's it's this whole deadpool thing is very perplexing and but i think going back to the marvel thing i i think that it's it's a good test run to see what a pg-13 deadpool can do and how much how it works for an audience i I, because maybe what they're looking for sean is not just maybe a money thing but what's the what's the exit polls like what's because people are you know there are going to be people that are interested in seeing how how much different is it there might you know how much response are, are are the you know the moms and the dads leaving the theater with their kids, you know, because that's what it's for. It's for those kids to mm. go see the movie. You know, their parents who have taken or drop them off, or a lot of times go with them. And will they actually just say, yeah, I I would like this. Maybe that's what they're trying to do is see. It's a kind of a, almost a test, you know, yeah. or it's a test in a sense to where the money is not necessarily important. Like it'll, it'll, it'll break even by doing this, but to me, to them, the, the, the knowledge of what happens from it and the, and the test results from it is more important to them going well, forward. Maybe
0: than, you success, maybe they successfully make the point that, Hey, if we started making these PG 13, they wouldn't be as different as you think they would be.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I tend to think so. I think there's a there's a bunch of – there's a couple of things you could easily clean up in the Deadpool movies to make him not rated R
0: oh, easily. Yeah. There are some things in those movies that are there just for the sake of earning the R rating, which is not actually how you earn an R rating. <laughs> like the story content isn't really that adult. It's just, hey, we're going to drop in an F-bomb or like, you know – a pantsless ba- pantsless baby legs here, like just because we can. But you don't have to do that. There are plenty of other options that they have in Deadpool movies that they can have for a lot of funny jokes and whatever, and and be irreverent and work with PG thirteen. So yeah, I, I definitely it's I see this more as a trial run than anything to do with Warner Brothers and DC. But to your point, maybe they feel like hey Aquaman's going to move anyway. I I don't know. I just haven't had the sense that that's what Warner Brothers is planning. But maybe now they will. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe now they'll they'll move. But uh, anyway, that's where we'll wrap up this week's episode. If you check out our Patreon credit scene over at Patreon.com/slash Marvel Studios News, we're going to be talking about the Eternals, which now has a director in Chloe Zhao, and we will also have our Marvel Unlimited book club coming up. Which we, in which we'll be discussing Venom Lethal Protector ahead of the movie, which, of course, will be in theaters next week. Paul, where can everybody keep up with you?
1: You can keep up with me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. Thug.
0: And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber, Sean spelled S-E-A-N. And then don't forget to keep up with Marvel Studios News at the website, MarvelStudiosNews.com, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News, and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.